play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. So welcome to the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast, where, well, gee, every month seems to be a nice new adventure. And this is going to be a great new adventure. We're kicking off a new series. And I'm kicking it off with my good buddy, Marky Mark. I'll bring him in in just a gif. But our series, we're going to call it What If. Now, let me explain what I mean here. The idea here is that we're going to prose what the butterfly effect of just one moment in NFL history being changed could mean to the bigger picture. And there's plenty of opportunities where that could have happened. So we just thought maybe we should start with the granddaddy of them all because Marky and I, we talk about these situations all the time. And we just thought the biggest one needs to be the one we kick off with. Uh, before I go any further, though, Marky Mark, welcome back to the show, brother. Great to be back, buddy. It's been a long time. Mate, it has. We haven't spoken to you since right up near Christmas and New Year. How you been travelling, brother? Doing well, mate. Working hard. Got a lot of sort of stuff around the house and managed to get the NFL draft off this year. It's a first for me, so it was good. It was nice to be able to sit down and watch the entire first round. Yes, yeah, so I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, but other than that, buddy, just getting ready for fantasy season. So starting to look at some mock drafts. I've drafted three rookie drafts for some of my dynasty leagues already. Brilliant. Now, you, my friend, are pretty big into the dynasty. It's why we had you on was back in January. We are starting to talk about way too early dynasty. How have you felt about your dynasty drafts? Uh, <sighs> There's not a lot. Of, I don't think there's a lot of miss in this draft. Like the, the players went to probably the best positions you could hope they would. I think if, if, as long as you get a need, uh, if you have a, if you have a need and you get that need, you, you, I think I think you'll be happy. Um, Kyle Pitts is, is a. I mean, the guy's either going to be amazing or he's going to be overdrafted. Like he's, I think he's one or the other. Um, particularly <laughs> Julio leaving now, so. You just don't know what that's going to look like. You know, will, will Matt Ryan attack the middle of the field more? I, I don't know. don't think anyone really does. But, yeah, so it'll be an interesting one to come out of it. But um, I think Javonta Williams yeah. is, is going to be a, a good one if you can get him at the right price, particularly when tra- teams trade up. So, obviously, Denver traded up in front of Miami to take him. So, you imagine sort of Melvin Gordon's on borrowed time now. Yeah, that was sort of what I was reading into that. In fact, just while I've got you, I'm going to get your expert analysis on a trade I did involving Javonta Williams because I drafted him 109 in a rookie draft and I then sold him on for a 2022 first and second round pick. I mean, this is a team who are quite good as well, so they'll be picking late in those rounds in all likelihood in the next year. Do you think I got fleeced or you reckon I've got reasonable value? What do you think? Uh, look, I, I, be I'm honest, man, I can take it. Moving. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm always for accumulating assets. So, so if you got, in 2022, if you've got two first-round picks, worst-case scenario, you roll a pick forward again if you don't like who you've got there. But it then just gives you a bit more flexibility to, if there's someone you really want at the top of the draft and, you you know, if you find a partner who's not necessarily sold on anything they need there, you can always move up. So having the assets always good. It's good that you sort of got an extra second as well, not just sort of move in for a future first. So good trade, man. I hope so. I don't know. As I find, I do a lot of these trades and uh, uh, it's hard to say which one's ever come off because I do too many. But <laughs> <laughs> They'll balance oh. out. 
all that. Um, I've got to digress because I could talk about my dumb fantasy teams all day. I've only got about 16 of them. You're about the same too, so we could do that all day. But that's a different show. That is Mark and Maddie complain about their dynasty teams, which is coming soon to iTunes. <laughs> Mate, we have had so many deep conversations over years about well, gee, man, had you ever considered what would happen if this scenario played out? And, you know, we, we've talked about a whole bunch of them. We had scenarios where Brady was going to go to the Cowboys and where, oh, God, I, I don't even want to start opening that jar because there's a lot of them. But, I mean, you know what I mean? We've, we've dug into the barrel and we've come up some, with some really wacky places that people could go that aren't completely unrealistic. There's enough wacky things that happen that you just think, like, I mean, we're living through the Aaron Rodgers thing at the moment where, you just like he could go to any number of maybe 10 or 11 different teams. And, you know, you, you, we can look back on this in a couple of years and say, how do you stayed in green Bay? Did they then build a good enough defense for him to go that one step further? Or did he make the right move and go and try and chase another title? You know, if he goes to Denver, you know, is he trying to, is he trying to be paint Manning 2.0? Yeah. You know, when two, you know, Oh, God, he's like conversations because he could have said this at the Favre thing. Oh, should the Packers have traded him and kept Favre? What would that have looked like? Where would they have sent him? You could do this with Rod just twice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there's just there's <laughs> many cool little storylines that, you know, if, if one, you know, one little decision could impact any number of like, any the 31 teams. So and it's just really cool to consider what that might look like had something have not happened or had something have happened differently. Oh, and isn't that the juicy bit? Isn't that just the juicy bit? What would it have been like? How many things does it cause a knock-on effect to? So I don't know, man. Do you want to introduce the subject we're talking about today? I feel like you should because it was a brilliant piece of um, imagination that you brought this idea and I just thought, wow, we must do this. We must talk about this. Yeah, so this is one that's a bit near and dear to me. Like I've, um, I've always said that New Orleans Saints are my second team because of the whole... Drew Brees was on his way, was in Miami, was all for money signed, but one of the team doctors failed his physical. And then obviously he was sent back and we went on and drafted Culpepper. So I picked up Culpepper, sorry. So I've always sort of tinkered with the idea of, you know, that one doctor had had a sick day that day and someone with half a brain had done his physical. (laughs) Um, How would our landscape look different? You know, would he have gone on to, to play the same way he did with our roster? Who we had, you know, we still had Jason Taylor playing, you know, Hall of Fame D lineman. We had yeah. we had good pieces on that team. So would he have elevated us to a different position? You know, and then flow and effect from there, you know, how would have the whole, you know, would we have been still been looking at Tannehill, you know, as a backup? Or, you know, would we have, you know, what, what would that have changed about the way that we went forward? I've played oh, with that many times, so... When I started doing one of those, I don't know, my, I started doing it saying to my younger daughter, I'm just doing a mind map for, you know, it would just got my ducks in a row of the things I thought were interesting to talk about where I could see, oh, okay, so this move impacts something else. So I better draw a line and a circle to that. And she goes, Dad, that's called brainstorming. And uh, so I've <laughs> taken that on board. <laughs> and uh, thanks Give to me the time, Dad. Dad. <laughs> I've been brainstorming and you should see the mess of that thing. God, I, it really does look like someone's just lost their mind with a box of crayons. So this is going to be an interesting conversation to go down. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. Mate, where do you want to start? I thought maybe we should clear up the facts. What are the facts, things that we know for certain about the Drew Brees circumstance? Yeah, man. So let's, I think it's a great idea. So we'll sort of lay out the foundation as at 2006 when this all happened. And then from there, sort of just explore some alternatives. Like, had it not happened, how many different changes could have been made? So if you're ready, I'm, I'm happy to step that out. I'm ready, brother. In 2006, Miami doctor advised against signing Drew Brees, injured shoulder. The prognosis that, that was given at the time was that his career, he wouldn't have a long-term career in the league. The chances of his recovery were extremely slim. So when I look back at that year, so 2006, what we know is under Nick Saban, we went 6-10. and 10. Quarterback at the time was Joe Harrington. We had four of those games that year were one-score games. Ooh. In 2006, so the same year that we opted against taking Drew Brees, he had an all-pro season, went to the Pro Bowl, went 10-6, and six, lost the conference championship. Wow. So that's sort of how that year panned out. Well, there's obviously things that happened in the background before that. So we know that he played for San Diego, who had, just, who had drafted um, his eventual replacement, which was at the time going to be obviously Eli Manning, ended up being Philip Rivers. Yes. Uh, which I found super fascinating too. Like, you know, that may be one that we can explore later, sort of how that sort of all right. changed. And I, That's yeah. a whole thing in itself, isn't it? The, that draft class, that, God, that, that could be one that, that we could do a whole episode of. That's a juicy one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was also something that fed into that as well. So I guess the way we look at it is, particularly when we look back at the four one-score games, I mean, do, do, would, would there be anyone alive that thinks Drew Brees is worth at least one score? I'd like I to think so. Think so. <laughs> he's, um, I, I don't think he's the product of New Orleans. I think he's a product of him just playing the way he plays, his ability to, to move the ball. So I guess so. now if we want to look at sort of enter the bizarro, if you will, what are we going to say here? Here's where it gets crazy. Let's say that. Here's, here's where it yeah. gets crazy. Yeah. The Drew Brees, he's, he's had a successful season, I think, I guess, at uh, San Diego. They were nine and seven, last game of the season. John Lynch whacks him. He fumbles the ball, trying to pick it up. Another player smashes him, tears the labrum, uh, goes into free agency because, you know, he was offered a deal by San Diego, but it wasn't much upfront money. They were very tentative. It was very incentive-related to see how he came back from injury. He wanted more security. And then Miami kind of went, ooh, we're iffy. And New Orleans came and scooped him up, offered him a bit more money up front. He was happy. Life's good, right? So that, that's where we're up to in the timeline of things, yeah? Yep. All right. Let's get crazy, brother. What happens next? <laughs> so so we'll go back and say that that wonderful doctor had the day off and they had actually got a, a second or third opinion, seeing that the prognosis probably might not have been great at the time, but you know what? You're going to roll the dice on the guy because you've seen that that he can play, that he can throw the ball. One venture down that had he been signed, so if he'd been signed by the Dolphins, the 4-1 score games um, could easily have been seen as wins. Gosh, if you count half of them, just count half of them as wins, mate, you know? Like, gosh, even half of them as wins. That's two extra wins. God, any team would love two extra wins. Absolutely. I challenge anyone to to argue that he's not worth that (laughs) because he could go to any team and, and be worth half a dozen wins. 
which then would have taken us to 10 and 6 that year. In doing so, we would have secured a wild card that year and we would have been up against the Patriots who um, we would have lost to. Like the, the scoreline in that one was was an absolute blowout. It wasn't even close. So um, I'm pretty sure it was Jets and Patriots um, from memory. And, yeah, it, it, it really wasn't close. Oof, sounds about so right. that completely changes that particular season for us. When I also consider what happened in 2006, that was Nick Saban's last year coaching us. Ooh. So had we have made the playoffs that year, I think it's fair to assume that Saban probably would have stayed on yeah. um, and not gone to coach Alabama, which I'm not massive on college, but I mean, maybe someone like Ryan or TC or Adam even, maybe they could sort of venture down what Nick Saban not going to Alabama would have meant for college. Oh, I might ask Ryan about that. That is so good. Gosh, I hadn't considered yeah. that aspect. Because what yeah, have they won? So, 600 national titles with Nick Saban. 600? Yeah. Is that about right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. Give or take one. They lost to Clemson one year, so yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my boyfriend. <laughs> they lost to your quarterback. Well, yeah, my boyfriend. Um, silky smooth hair. <laughs> sunshine. Uh, yeah, so I thought that, that was sort of fun to think about that, you know, you've not only got the quarterback who would have saved, uh, in air quotes, saved the franchise. Yeah. But he also would have saved the coach who then would have affected a major college team and, you know, sort of tracing it on from there, you know, Saban doesn't go to Alabama, so he stays with us. The next year we draft Ed Ginn, which probably still would have happened. I don't think that would have changed because we would have had the quarterback, so we're getting weapons. The defense was still intact. Yeah. And Teddy Ginn, I mean, Breeze played with Teddy Ginn later on in his career and made Teddy Ginn relevant. He did. He absolutely did. 100%. He's the reason why we... Why will why you and I see the deep thread as a can't really bank on it, slightning in a bottle. Yeah, hundred percent. We we refer to Ted Ginn as that, you know, just uh I have chuck it long. He's either gonna get you fourteen points or zero. <laughs> Pretty uh, sure he and Deshaun Jackson are the same person. So yeah. Yeah, have, you, have you seen him in the same room at the same time? I don't know that I have. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone has. Well, that's an interesting thought, the idea of Drew Brees signing with the Dolphins. And that impacting Nick Saban and Alabama, it impacts the yeah. playoff picture that year, which definitely would make you call into question. You know, these days, the idea of sacking the coach who gets into the playoffs, I see it happen in the NBA a bit, but it's not really an NFL thing yet, is it? No. Sacking no a playoff coach in the NFL. The Wait, did McCarthy, did McCarthy, he made the playoffs and, and got sacked. Oh, uh, was that right? Was it? Uh, it might have been a year where Rogers played some games and missed some games. So Lafleur's been there a couple of years now, hasn't Probably. he? Yeah, I think it was one where Rogers was hurt, but they still wouldn't give the ball to Aaron Jones or something like that. Oh. You know how short my football memory is. <laughs> give the ball to Aaron. The other thing that occurred to me too about this thing is just looking at the AFC East in general, right? Because gee, if now Drew Brees is in the same division as you know, so. For the Jets, maybe the big quarterback in their era would have been Mark Sanchez because he took them to a couple of championship games, I think. But obviously, you're meeting Tom Brady twice a year. Does that dent the likelihood of the Patriots getting out of that division every single time? Uh, I think so. Well, I think so. It, it puts a genuine contender. We haven't had one in there. Chad Pennington was probably the best one, and that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, even the the Bills really 
aside from Josh Allen now. Yeah, and that's been a small window. I just don't, yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't – I can't really think of anyone that really would have changed anything that did happen. I mean, outside if, – if, obviously, I think a better quarterback in that div- with us in that division probably would have had us at number two pushing him. Um, we've always been good one-for-one one with Patriots, even with terrible quarterback play. We've typically always gone one game them, one game us. You seem to so get them at home in that late-season game when they come to Miami yeah. and just kick them in the teeth. It's so weird. But hang on, cut, cut to a shot of Geno Smith and EJ Manuel looking really sad about how you just dissed them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I don't feel bad no, about that. <laughs> Actually, no, you're right. Carry on. <laughs> I think if we were to go to their parents, their parents are dissing them. Like, wow. wow. You know, I think Gino Smith's still in the league. You should mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> Is he? Holding a clipboard for the guy holding the clipboard. He might be. The last I saw, he was in a Seahawks jersey behind Rusty. Yeah, wow. So this is why you've got to pray that Rust doesn't die because all of a sudden, what if it's there Gino? There is nothing there. Yeah. Yeah, what if it's Gino? God. Absolutely nothing. What other rabbit holes did you go down with this Breeze thing? Because I don't know. I also st- – well, I had Breeze in the AFC. I had another thing I wanted to explore with it. But did you have other things too? Um, I was sort of just looking at draft classes from there, sort of how that would – how that might oh. shape, like whether or not picks would have changed. In that 2007 oh. draft class, there was no qu- – I mean, there was, sorry, Raider fans, Jamarcus Russell, but oh. outside of that, there was no quarterback. I mean, really, there were no quarterbacks. <laughs> we're being fair. He's having a swipe. <laughs> am I right? Like, am I am I wrong? <laughs> I think Tony Connor. No, actually, it'll be it'll be Seahorse. Seahorse will be mad about that one. He actually really likes Jamarcus Russell. Yeah, Sorry, Sheriff. Like Terrell Pryor. I mean, like, do you know how many folks you're dissing about the paying out Raiders quarterback? <laughs> Terrell Pryor. Okay, we can put Terrell that. Terrell Pryor. The real <laughs> uh, fair enough. But no, that's actually an, an angle I hadn't explored, and I'm glad you have. Is there a couple of drafts where you think it would have changed things markedly about how teams went to market in their draft if Breeze and Brady are both really entrenched in the AFC? Well, it's a great idea. I mean, there was a heap of sort of draft overs, but I mean, the 2008 was the one where Matt Ryan came out, was picked third by Atlanta. I mean, yeah. it would be really hard to think. In our draft, we took Jake Long a tackle. I mean, he was a bucket of shit. But I think the the positioning would have been right. I mean, we would have had the quarterback, so we probably would have still gone to protect the quarterback. You know, that year, it's hardest because New Orleans obviously performed really well with Breeze. They finished or pick, and they picked a defensive tackle. So... In that draft, you had Matt Ryan go off at the board at three. You had Flacco go to Baltimore at 18. Um, you know, mm. you know, Flacco. probably would have been in the market for an actual rookie quarterback, you would imagine, if they had. So there's every, there's every chance they would have, they, you know, maybe they traded up for Matt Ryan. Maybe Atlanta didn't get Matt Ryan. Yeah. And that fixed it. New Orleans still end up in a similar position. Still got a good quarterback. As much as Taylor will have you believe that Matt Ryan is terrible. <laughs> Better than a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, yes. No, Taylor definitely will have you believe not to trust anything that Matt Ryan and his family would serve you to eat or drink at their family party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's an interesting thought. I hadn't considered that. And I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. and then I made Flacco. Flacco, <laughs> God, could you imagine that? Because I mean, the Ravens were one of the teams I wrote down as a bit of a. Hey, if you're in the AFC, all of a sudden, Drew Brees coming into there. You know, Joe Flacco and Peyton Manning were kind of the guys who kept pace in the AFC with Tom Brady for the longest time. Um, gee, you know, do either of them, what's their success look like if there's all of a sudden Drew Brees in the same conference? Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, think- on the other side of the coin, what does the NFC look like? Who really dominates there? Well, I think the AFC, sorry, the NFC South is already kind of a weird division, right? It's one of these ones where really rarely does a team win it two years in a row. Yeah, it's not like the NFC East where it's every year it's got to be a different team because then it's the rules. But in the NFC South, there's a lot of worst to first. You see that happen quite a bit, go back in history, and there's a lot of worst to first. I mean, unless it's the Buccaneers. But then this year, that would have been true. <laughs> but, you know, they're just they're one of those most like volatile divisions. Uh, so, man, if all of a sudden you take Breeze out of that, the Saints had been so unsuccessful for the first 40 years. What's to say they don't just stay unsuccessful when they're just the NFC Jaguars? Well, you know, and then guys like Sean Payton, is he in and out? He was yeah, a first year coach. coach. He, he was in the room for like a week before they hired Breeze, right? Well, maybe not that long, but, yeah. you know, he'd only been there that yeah. season and was part of that whole yeah. negotiation. So, That's you know, there's no telling whether that, Again, if you don't have that sort of success, I mean, they've been to the playoffs every other year. So that's obviously going to keep him in a job. And that goes back to sort of what you said, like how many playoff coaches have really been sacked? You know, even though they've only won the one Super Bowl um, and then made the sort of the AFC Championship that first year, that's been enough to really keep him alive this whole time. And now, you know, I guess we're going to get to see what they're like without Drew. Really, if I'm him, I'm, I'm not sleeping well knowing my quarterback is Jameis Winston. No, Taylor sums this up so beautifully. It's like between a tight end gadget and a blind guy. <laughs> that's the quarterback <laughs> options in New Orleans. And I think that's so funny. <laughs> and a goose and a tight end gadget. Oh, that's great. <laughs> this is embarrassing to, uh, to admit. Gee, I was in high school before somebody had to tell me that Mr. Magoo was blind. I just thought it was stupid. I didn't realize Mr. Magoo was blind. <laughs> Not a strong moment. Oh, I love it. Now, I know we hadn't really talked about this because we sort of thought maybe it's a whole different episode, but do you want to just relate to that Eli Manning on draft day thing? Because we mentioned it briefly, but just give a quick background about what happened with Eli Manning and draft day that impacts Drew Breezy. Did you have some? So, notes? yeah, obviously the um, charges. Oh, I didn't take any real notes. It's sort of just, again, sort of just playing with a loose idea that, you know, obviously yeah. um, Chargers had the first overall pick. They were, they were always going to take Eli Manning. He came out, or his camp came out shortly before and said if they select him, he won't play, demand a trade. So draft day happens. He gets picked by the Chargers. That, during the draft, um, the Chargers and the Giants do a trade. So Rivers ends up in San Diego. He lands up in New York Giants. And then Ben's just happy down in Pittsburgh. So I guess sort of that, the whole San Diego going after a quarterback, sort of, again, sort of um, playing with the idea that if, if Eli stays, does he get on the field a lot earlier? So Drew doesn't even make the field at all that 2005 season to get hurt in the first place. Wow, there's a ripple. 
Imagine if Drew just goes so, being, a, uh, being a clipboard holder. Yeah. You know, maybe he's out earlier. Maybe, you know, he, he becomes a free agent the year before and then he could end up absolutely anywhere. Or, you know, if, he, if he's not hurt, you know, we scoop him up. No, no physical. Well, physical is obviously required. Every player does a physical, but physical won't, won't even be a factor. So yeah, it was just an interesting. No, that's right. And it's, you know, because Rivers wasn't their first choice in San Diego, maybe they gave him a bit longer than what they would have given Eli to play. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a fair call. But I don't want to go because that one's going to be a really good episode as to yeah. how that would all look. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we should park that whole conversation on that draft and we'll just use that draft as a conversation in itself. But you can't really say the Drew Brees thing without mentioning Eli and, uh, and, and Philip Rivers in the end. Especially since yeah, well, that led now all these three guys are out of the league together within 12 months of each other. Yeah, it's amazing. I remember we've we've had this very conversation from that class. You know, which one's going to be the one left standing? I mean, we know the answer now, but yeah, it was at the time it was Eli was was like falling fast. Um, yeah, Rivers was a shell of himself. Ben was injured at the time too. I'm pretty sure it was, it was one of the seasons, maybe where I feel like that we had this conversation the, the last year Michael Vick played, where he sort of came in and he was oh. the only one that could stop Antonio Brown. The only person in the league who could single-handedly stop Antonio Brown was his own quarterback. That was hilarious when you said that. God, I died. It wasn't hilarious for the guy that drafted him at seven overall. <laughs> I know you were saying it from a place of absolute anguish and bitterness, but it only served to make it funny. I mean, to be honest. Devastating. <laughs> I got the best bargain that year, and Michael Vick cost me for oh, a few weeks anyway. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> My condolences, mate. Pour one out for Marky mm. Marks 2000, and what was that, 16 season maybe? Oh, pour one out. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Are there I mean, any I other angles Brady you want to explore round. with this? Um, uh, look, mate, I, I, I think that sort of sets up the conversation. I mean, it'd be really cool to sort of see if anyone else has any input through the chat or whatever that, you know, if, if, if someone else has a different angle or, or thought of something that hasn't been picked up, uh, it'd be really cool to see if the, anyone else has anything to add to the conversation. I'm going to get the online ideas input too, I think. I think we should get, you know, online, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. You know we're going to be posting about this through the week this is on, so get in there and leave your comments because I think this is one of those beautiful things that, you know, it is you knock over one domino and a whole bunch of other dominoes kind of have to fall. And it really does get the creative juices flowing about what could have happened, what could have been. Absolutely. And I, like I, I have a very loose understanding of college, so I'd be really interested to know the thoughts of the guys that follow college as to what would happen if, if Nick Saban hadn't gone to Alabama. Would that have changed anything? Where Have Alabama always been amazing and Saban just came in and, and just carried on? Or did he create something that, no one else could have created. So it'd be good, cool to know that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So college people unite. Educate us here at the Astros Fantasy Football Podcast. Tell us all about it. Because, again, like I've sort of had to learn a bit about, uh, about the college system and how all these things work and a bit of college football history just to get by in some of these dynasty leagues where people want to chat about college. But I, I am far from good with historical on this. And as far as I know, Nick Saban had just been in Alabama forever. So <laughs> he was born there. <laughs> he was there and then they built Alabama around. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> a 
let us know all about it on the Facebook and the Instagram. Marky Mark, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to talk about this with me. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, mate, thank you for letting me get these crazy thoughts out of my head. It's, it's creating room for other stuff. It's good. So great. We got a nice long list too of subjects that we want to cover. What do you say we get band back together in a couple of weeks' time and we launch into another one? Absolutely. I'll take some notes and uh, if anyone has any other suggestions for stuff too, like that would be yes. pretty, pretty cool to talk about. Suggest them. Yes. Again, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere that you can find Astro League Podcast online, even for us internally in the league chat for guys who are in the league, just drop it in there. We'll, we'll go researching because, uh, oh, man, like we talk about a lot of this junk anyway. So why not share the conversation, yeah? I think so. Uh, one thing I, I didn't mention that was way later in my notes that obviously we wouldn't have ended up with Tanner Hill, who then probably wouldn't have end up, ended up at the Titans, which means oh. I wouldn't have had him to win my main <laughs> Astro League season. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw that in there. I have to say relevant somehow. <laughs> he did it. He brought it back to winning a championship. Oh, Mark. I'm glad you got that in there. Oh, could you imagine if we signed off and we didn't put that in there? Oh, it would have felt dirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. 2019 Astro League champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Downey. Congrats. Oh, I love this. We're going to do this all again. We'll have another subject and we'll team up again in a couple of weeks. Marky Mark, thanks for starting off this great series of what ifs. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Had a ball, mate. Look forward to the next one. Play Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.